same God. The same God. I come to you this morning believing that the Lord wants to do a work of peace in our hearts. A work of peace. If you spend any time at all on the news these days, we hear the reports of the opposite of peace. But one of the names of Jesus, and I want to ask you to find your Bible and turn with me to the book of Isaiah and chapter 9. One of the names of Jesus is the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. The word for prince doesn't mean second to the king in this instance. That, that was an English translation of an old Hebrew word. The word for prince means the head of everything in that category. The head over, the master over, the, the general. It has, a, it has a military connotation as well. The prince, the ruler, the head over peace. Meaning that whoever this person is has the ability to dispense peace, to inject peace, to insert peace, where he deems that it is necessary for peace to have a place. Now read with me, follow along if you would, and this is verse 6, Isaiah chapter 9, for a child will be born to us. Now this was recorded by Isaiah seven to eight hundred years before Bethlehem. This is a prophecy of one who would come. We know him as Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ, the Messiah. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of His government or of peace on the throne of David and over His kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. And then the section concludes with the statement, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. We, we had as a part of the picture or the graphic coming into today, the picture of a lion, and I'm not sure we can get it back up there or not, but it's a lion who's not sitting, who's not laying down, but if you'll look carefully, you're going to see that that lion is on a run. He's moving. We mistakenly construct our image, perhaps, of the one who is the Prince of Peace as being an entity that's just sort of docile, quiet in nature, 
not really wanting to get engaged in the thick of life. He's just all about peace, being peaceful, conveying peace. The truth of the matter is that the Prince of Peace is also known as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. That the Prince of Peace has the ability, has the capacity to insert into hostile situations, into warring settings, peace. He is the Prince of Peace because he has the ability to bring about peace. Amen. I think that lion who's on his way to a fight is a fitting expression of the Prince of Peace. There are times, folks, when we need a gentle shepherd. There are times when we need a comforting word. There are times when we need wisdom given to us. <laughs> but I don't know about you, but in my life, I have experienced time, times, plural, when I needed a warrior. Now sometimes that can be because we get ourselves so far up a tree so far out on thin ice, that we need someone to rescue us. But there have been other times, and perhaps you can identify with this, that you were trying to do what the Lord, you felt like the Lord wanted you to do. You were trying to chase as hard after Jesus and as fast as you could go to keep up with him as you possibly could, only to find that in that setting, somehow, some way. Things came loose, and opposition began to roar against you, and words being spoken, and things being done, that it, it, it was none of what you had hoped. And all you had was your trust that somehow, some way, the Savior who went to the cross for me poured out His blood for me was raised from the dead and is alive, that he is able to come for me. He is able to war for me. And we're here today with stories to tell about a Red Sea that the Lord made a way through, about a situation when there were too many in the opposing forces to even count, innumerable, like, like, like grass covered by locusts, but somehow, some way, the Lord, the Lord, it wasn't chance, it wasn't smart, it wasn't collective gatherings of men and forces, it was just that some way, somehow, against all odds, the Lord fought for me. Simon Peter only came to the Lord, only came to call Jesus Lord and sell his business and start following Jesus. He only came to do that after the Lord Jesus had stepped into his boat after a night of catching nothing. 
And the Lord Jesus, in a very real sense, fought for Peter to convince Peter that he really was who he claimed to be. And when Simon Peter saw his boat about to sink with so many fish in water that he hadn't caught anything in all night before, all the night before, he got, just fell to his knees It says, said, depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. And he went, got on the bank, sold his boat, cashed out with his dad, and followed Jesus to the death. Because he understood the Lord to be present, the Lord to be capable, the Lord to be ready to war, to fight for us when the time comes. I want you to find uh, in your copy of the scripture, hold on, hold your place in Isaiah somehow, and, and, and turn to the book of Exodus, and Exodus chapter 14. We were singing a minute ago about Moses' God. Well, let's just read a little bit about Moses and his God, if we could. A picture, an expression of the Prince of Peace. Peace is a word, and the word used there in Isaiah 9 is he's the Prince of, and the Hebrew word is shalom. It means rest. It means freedom. It means happiness. It's a greeting, shalom. It, it, it's meaning peace to you, blessing upon you, freedom and prosperity in your direction. He's the prince, Jesus, the prince of peace. We, we move that same word over into the New Testament, and it is, it is a word, peace, there. It means the opposite of striving, the opposite of strife. It, it, it means an un untroubled and undisturbed place in your life, way of living, untroubled and undisturbed. Now what I'm going to be trying to, where we're heading with this folks is, when God gives peace, not only nationally, internationally, but when God brings a peace to a heart, especially for the human heart. It's not something that is going to be tied to the outside circumstances, the outside setting, the outside voices, the outside conditions, but it is a supernaturally dispensed emotion that has the ability to force out and drive out striving and those things that can disturb the calm of the soul. But somehow, through the power that only God by His Spirit can convey, He brings a peace to a heart that has been marked by striving, marked by sadness, marked by disappointment, marked by whatever it would be that would cause there to be a disturbance in the soul. The peace of God that passes all understanding is beyond anything that can just be conveyed on a human level. One of the places in which we as followers of Jesus are to be reassured of our relationship with Him and that He has chosen us and we belong to Him is that there is working within us. And we can, we can struggle with it. We can go up and down because the conditions of our lives can change and be challenging. But one of those ways you can be assured 
that Jesus is alive in you is because the Prince of Peace is alive in you. And when it doesn't make sense to be able to be at rest and to be undisturbed and to be at peace, you are. Now Moses and the children of Israel found themselves in an extremely precarious position. Moses went in to, to lead the people out of slavery and into freedom. But in the process of that, Pharaoh's armies rose up to try to stop their exit. So in order for them to move into freedom, there was a war that had to be fought. In order for there to be peace to come to them, there was a war for that peace. Let me read for us, starting in verse 10, Exodus 14, verse 10. And as Pharaoh drew near, drew near to the gathered children of Israel, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, and then they said to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this way? bringing us out of Egypt. Skip to 13, verse 13. But Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. The Prince of Peace will fight for you. Folks, I'm praying that you will have, you'll be able to grow in your image of who God is and who specifically the Lord Jesus Christ is, where you've had him as just a small little quarter-sized deity who's no more than just a trinket, something in your pocket, something to notice every once in a while, maybe on Sunday, that he will grow from that in your heart and in your mind such that you will come to realize that where you are, he is. What you're going through, he cares about. What is overwhelming to you is under his feet. And he's able, when he has to, in order to bring peace to your life, to keep you in the place of peace, he is able to fight to deliver that peace to your heart. It may be external enemies, but it will certainly be the internal foes working against the peace and the settledness that the Lord wants us to live in. Paul will write, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. But the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. When the king is ruling and reigning in our hearts, the way he desires to be positioned in that place of governing our hearts and lives, then a manifestation of his rule within our hearts 
is that we will be living in a place of righteousness, doing what is right in His sight, behaving right in His sight, but also peace. And that is an emotion. It's an emotion. It's an emotion, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. All right, so there were different expressions in the Old Testament, but it's all the same God. It's all the same Prince of Peace. And the power that he had to overturn what Pharaoh's armies were trying to do against the children of Israel is the same power coming from the same source that is able to defeat whatever even in this moment may be causing peace to be lost, to be challenged, to be the the, the place of the undisturbed and the place of no striving has been lost. But the point of this today is for us to be reminded that he's the prince of peace and he's able to do what he has to. When we open our hearts up, Lord, Lord, prince of peace, take over in my heart, govern my heart, that the same one who who rescued Israel is the same one who will rescue you and me and bring us back to that place of resting and peace in the Lord. No matter what hasn't changed on the outside. So Moses says, the Lord will fight for you while you remain silent. Skip down to verse 19. And the angel of God, who had been going before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. So it came about, so it came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel, and there was the cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave light at night. Thus no one uh, did, thus thus one did not come uh, near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back in a strong east wind all night, And turned the sea into dry land, so the waters were divided. And the sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, and the waters were like a wall to them, to their right hand and on their left. Then the Egyptians took up the pursuit, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen went in after them into the midst of the sea. And it came about at the morning watch, that the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. Prince of peace, prince of peace. He's fighting on behalf of his people to set them free in order for them to be able to move into and live in a place of peace. There had to be a fight that was fought and he strategically did a number of different things. He dried the bottom of the ocean up, but then it says that he, he caused the chariot wheels to swerve and he made them drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians said, let us free, flee from Israel, for the Lord is fighting for them against us, against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, 
so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak, while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. Then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Skip down to verse 20, 31. And when Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians. Will you note that? When, the, when his people saw the power that God used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, respected the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. Then Moses and the sons of Israel sang this song to the Lord, and they said, I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will extol him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. The Lord is a warrior the Lord is his name. Folks, the Lord hasn't brought sickness on you. The Lord hasn't brought trouble on us. Those things come from the enemy. Those things come from sin and darkness. But the Lord will allow those things for a season to come against and touch his people. Because he wants us to understand to a further degree who he is. He's a shepherd. He's tender. He's gentle. But he's a warrior. When you need a warrior, he's a warrior. When doctors haven't been able to figure your situation out, your case out, when there seem to be too many things coming at you to be able to put out all of those fires and somehow, some way, there was an intervention. And the thing that seemed inevitable didn't happen. Now folks, sometimes we, we, we're not willing to give all the Lord the credit that He deserves. The farther we can get away from things, sometimes we get to thinking, well, it, you know, it just worked out. Well, if the devil was working on it, if he was the working it out, then it wouldn't look anything like it does today. But where he's brought us through and is bringing us through, and there is that sense of a return to an undisturbed and settled place in our hearts based upon the embraced fact that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what comes against me, the Prince of Peace is with me. The Lord is a warrior, and the Lord is His name. We, 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 we don't know all of what is happening in Ukraine. We, we're, we, we are not a, a, a group of gifted, if there is such a thing, politicians to be able to handle the 
ins and outs and ups and downs of the strife between nations. In this room, we're not physical warriors. We're not pulling triggers on weapons. But folks, what we are and who we are is the people of God. And we have been given weapons that are not natural. They're not in the material realm. And one of those weapons is that awesome privilege and power of praying, not in general, not just praying, but praying in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praying in the name of the one who has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Praying in the name of the one who was raised from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father right now, this minute. And we have been as his children raised up and seated with him in the heavenly places. And we are given the weapon of the use of his name. For what purpose? For praying. For declaring on this earth, in this life, kingdom of God come. Will of God be done. We look at Ukraine and not knowing the particulars of how to sort all of that out. But here's what we can pray and are called to pray. Will of God. Will of the Prince of Peace. Kingdom of God, come to Ukraine. Come to Russia. Come to that whole region. We humbled before you. You give us the privilege, you give us the assignment to stand here or kneel here on this earth and enforce the kingdom of God. Enforce the will of God. That is what the Lord's prayer really is. It's not about asking for anything. It's about the declaration Come, kingdom of God, imperative mood, strongest verb that could be find, found for that particular expression. Come, kingdom of God, be done, will of God. And the will of God, consistent with the Prince of Peace, is, Lord, we don't have to know how you're going to do it. We don't have to know when you're going to do it. But what we believe is that your heart is to bring peace to this earth, peace to troubled hearts and lives. And that's what we're believing you for. Come, kingdom of God. Not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The faces of our brothers and sisters in Jesus, probably none of them do we know personally. But they're going through it. They've got Pharaoh's army, in a sense, backed against them from whatever source, whatever direction it would come. And for us to pray that God will quicken in their hearts the assurance that when he needs to be, he's a warrior. He can cause the enemy to be thrown into confusion. He can do the supernatural to make a way when there is no way. Oh Lord, encourage their hearts. And may we be found in the place of praying, believing for the Prince of Peace to make his peace known in their hearts. Folks, you don't have to be saved 
to worry. You don't have to know Jesus to worry. (laughs) We can do that all on our own, right? We don't need the power of the Spirit to release in us sadness and angst and so forth. But, But when in the face of the circumstances that can produce those feelings in us, there is an opposite something that rises up within us by the power of the Spirit of the Prince of Peace, that He does that miracle of inserting peace into a heart that has been frayed and broken in many ways, meaning that the result We're at a place of contentment to leave it in His hands. The result, how it works out, Lord, put upon you the government, give to you the government of our lives. So the Prince of Peace is over the rule of nations, but the Prince of Peace also has the ability to be over the laws of nature. I want you to go back to Isaiah, but find chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. And these are statements regarding things in the future that are going to happen. On this earth. There have been generations of Bible teachers and preachers that have tried to fit this into certain eschatological patterns, and, and we're still working on that because we still, it hadn't happened yet, but the Scripture says it's coming. The, the, I want you to, as you listen to these, these words, starting in, in verse 6, notice the expression of peace. It, it, it's a description of of the power of the, of the Prince of Peace bringing peace to this earth by overturning natural laws. And the wolf, verse 6, the wolf will dwell with the lamb, live with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the kid, the baby goat. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a little boy will lead them. Going to lead that lion. And the cow and the bear will graze. Their young, the young of the cow and the young of the bear will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox, and the nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child will put his hand on the viper's den. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Then it will come about in that day that the nations will resort to the root of Jesse, a reference to Jesus, who will stand as a signal for the people. And his resting place will be glorious. Now, you know, 
for that, for that wolf to live with and not eat at lamb. Something has had to happen on the inside of that wolf. And the leopard will lie down with the kid. For the leopard to be sleeping next to something he used to eat. Something had to happen to the heart of the leopard. Would you, you just keep on the cow and the bear will graze together. And their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. A carnivore, carnivore becomes a herbivore. How's that work? And the nursing child shall play by the hole of a cobra, and the weaned child will put his hand on the viper's den. Something, <laughs> something even's going to happen to the heart of a snake. Can you believe that? That instead of the cobra spitting venom and instead of the viper striking the hand of the child, some way or another the child reaches into the hole of the rattlesnake den and pulls that thing and plays with it. And the statement is there will be no hurting, there will be no killing, there will be no destruction on planet earth. When King Jesus rules and reigns, that some many, but it's that thousand-year reign of Jesus on this earth, after he is returned, and he takes his father's seat, day father David, earthly father, at the throne in Jerusalem, and he reigns over planet Earth, and planet Earth has returned to its Edenic state, where there was no killing and eating. That's why the bear and the lion are eating straw like the ox. In Eden, they didn't kill and eat. They ate what didn't have to be killed through the shedding of blood. Now, folks, in, in, in my ministry, in these years of doing what I've been doing, standing up on Sunday and hollering at people, I've known some men that were as mean as a grizzly bear. Selfish, even cruel. You couldn't talk to them. You couldn't dissuade them. Their hearts were as head as that steel eye beam right there. Until one day, they felt, they heard in a way they could get it. Jesus knocking on the door of their heart. And, and, the, and the door opened, and they received him. Shoe size didn't change. Eye color didn't change. Number of fingers on hands and feet and toes didn't change. But something on the inside changed. The prince of peace brought a new genetic code. Into the hearts of men. We could do that with, we could say, say that with women. We could say that older. We could say that with younger. 
But here's the point. The Prince of Peace has the ability to alter the laws even of human nature. To fix what's broken. To change what is cruel. And bring it to a place of peace. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man or woman is in Christ Jesus, the old things have passed away and new things have come. Might have been born a leopard, born a wolf, born a bear. But along the way, I met Jesus. He found me. And He's changing me. He's changing me. The power of the Prince of Peace to bring peace to a heart. That happens today. That happens as we listen to this. And we we can have the sense that there's all of this wild stuff that ranges and works within my heart that can cause there to be unsettledness not only in my life but in other lives. The answer to that is not necessarily trying harder or reading another book or finding a new friend who's got more self-control. It's literally and actually by His Spirit, the Prince of peace moving into your chest. And from the inside out, He brings the changes that only He can bring. Now folks, the will of the Lord is for us to live our lives in the face of contradiction, in the face of conflict, in the face of scarcity, in the face of abundance, wherever, whatever you want to add your list. But His will is that our lives be marked by His peace working in our lives. May the God of peace, may the God of peace rule in your hearts. Paul would say, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The word to rule there can mean to govern. Remember that that verse in, in Isaiah 9? I wanted you to take note of it. But the increase of his government and of peace will have no end. The fulfillment of that in the New Testament is there are millions of folks who have opened their hearts up to Jesus and are wanting Him to be the one who rules their lives, who governs their lives, and their lives are being marked as that happens by peace at work with them. But folks, I think what we need to understand is that this measure of peace that he's talking about here is not something that you and I can manufacture on our own, just like we can't manufacture faith and we can't manufacture hope or we can't manufacture love. If he doesn't give it to us, if he doesn't do it in us, it's not going to happen. But that's his desire. And when we are instructed to pray, come thy kingdom, it's not just for folks out there. It's for this heart right here. 
Lord, bring your kingdom, cause your kingdom, which is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Cause your kingdom to come to my heart, govern my life as the king, and rule in my heart, teaching me, directing me in the ways of peace and filling my heart with peace. Now, the, the, the problem with us can be we end up going to every other source other than the Lord for the peace. We'll talk to other people. We'll read books. We'll do other things. But how, how does this happen? Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. But then Philippians 4, Paul will say, don't be anxious for anything. Anxious is an opposite of peace. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, everything, can I say that one more time? But in everything, what do we not get about everything? But in everything, by prayer and supplication. That word supplication means petitioning for a specific benefit. It, it, it's the line item. The prayer word is the big picture. The, the supplication is the line item. Petitioning the Lord for us. Say it. Say it. If it is something that needs to be overcome, say it. If it's something that needs to be added, say it. But say it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your askings be made known unto God. And then it says this. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart. Now, folks, that is a military term. It means to garrison. It means to set up a, a bevy of troops around the heart. It goes directly back to the Prince of Peace. That was a military name, nomenclature. The prince, the leader, the king, the ruler. Let the Prince of Peace Rule over your heart by giving to him everything that has caused you to be anxious. There's a way for us to follow the pattern of the Lord and not be left at a place of staying disturbed, staying unsettled, robbed of peace. But it's steps that you and I are encouraged to take. As we close this time together, I wonder how many of us would say, there's a part of my heart that needs a miracle of peace. I need a miracle of peace. Understanding that peace means that it's happening here, it's here, though it may still be war out there. That's the supernatural part of it. It's that even though nothing may change out there, all kinds of stuff gets settled down in here. Isaiah 26, you will keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Spend too much time. Shirley's had to tell me, 
you've got to disconnect from that TV. Trying to keep up with everything, the latest blow by blow, whatever you go. You, you can get your eyes off of the Lord and lose the peace by camping out in front of the TV or the internet and getting a steady feed of war. What does that do to change anything? What does that do except to keep us stirred up and troubled and worried here? Lord, help me to get my eyes back on you. I'm asking you for a miracle of peace that I believe you want me to walk in. A miracle because I'm not asking you to change anything out there so that I'll have peace from that. I'm asking you by the filling of my spirit, by the coming of your presence freshly into my life to bring your peace to my heart. Folks, if there's ever been a set of days when the church can really stand out, it's these days. But how we'll be standing out is not who we're mad at. It's not who we're fixing the blame on over there. Because that's happening all over the place. But what is remarkable is when you're in the middle of everything else that's going on, but there was a steady, settled, quiet peace in your heart. Folks, well, where'd you get that? Aren't you worried? And the response can be back, I'm good. Not, not a hokey way of saying, but I'm good. I'm praying. Well, right here's good. The Prince of Peace is alive and operative in holding my heart. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for what I believe to be your word to our hearts today. And I pray that you'll bless it. You'll bless the spoken word with the applying of your spirit, helping us to get it, to be helped to be changed where we need it by your spirit at work in our lives. In Jesus' name, and all the Lord's people said, amen, amen. I want to ask you to stand with me, and if we can pray for you in this, along this line of, Lord, the miracle of peace is what I need. You've never given your heart to Christ, received Him as Savior and Lord. He is the one who's able to do it. That simple prayer, Lord Jesus, save me, can change everything. It starts with that simple prayer. Thank you, streaming family, for being a part with us and your encouragement. Send us those prayer requests, Pastor Walker at alamocity.org. And family here, you can do the same thing on your, from your laptop or wherever, just to let us know so that we can pray. Our intercessors can zero in. We want to do that. The Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Is He ruling in your heart? Is His power being demonstrated in your life? May it be. May it be. May it be. God bless you. Come this way, prayer partners, if you'll come on down here and, and bless you. Bless you. We're praying for you. And we'll see you next time. Sing, oh God, my God.